SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hour number two of the morning after starts right here, right now on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM, all across the illustrious SportsGrid network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. In this second hour, we will focus on some college sports as well. A huge day in college football yesterday, National Signing Day that saw one of the biggest upsets you will ever see on National Signing Day. We'll detail that in just a couple of moments. Also, we go to the college hoops landscape. Not many games right now that are true marquee matchups. Teams kind of getting ready for holiday breaks that played early on in the non-conference and then reassessing the slate as we get into the early action in conference play across the country. But still things that you need to know and trends to observe in the zone. That's coming up next. Then we will be joined by FanDuel's Ryan Williams to look at NFL week number 15. That starts tonight, Thursday night, between the Chiefs and the Chargers. KC, a three-point road favorite and some of Ryan's Week 15 NFL winners for you in store. But first, we begin with college football. As I mentioned yesterday, a huge day across the country. It was Cruton Brother on full display. National Signing Day, where your favorite team, your favorite university and school, going after their top targets, hoping to have them sign on the dotted line. Commitments become signees. And yesterday, we saw one of the biggest flips you will ever see. In the history of National Signing Day, the number one recruit in the country by all composite rankings out there, Travis Hunter, a cornerback running back duo who will probably play on the defensive side of the ball in the collegiate ranks, was committed to Florida State and then yesterday flipped to Jackson State. Yes, Jackson State, FCS team, HBCU team, and he went from Florida State to Jackson State to play now under Jackson State head coach. Primetime Deion Sanders, a huge commitment. Not often will you ever see a player go from one of the premier Power 5 college football programs to an FCS school, but that is what Travis Hunter did yesterday. NIL, a huge reason for it, and that will be a continued topic of discussion for players here. With NIL allowing players to profit while in college off their name, image, and likeness, and in my opinion, rightfully so, in this free market capitalist society, That's a good thing for Travis Hunter to take advantage of that and get paid and do a big thing heading to Jackson State. So that was a tremendous headline throughout college football yesterday on National Signing Day that sent shockwaves really across the country. But outside of that one thing, pretty much went chalk the rest of the way. A lot of people were saying, oh, man, NIL has really changed the game. Look how crazy it is. I thought NIL was going to just favor the powerhouses like Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, they would be able to garner all the money. Well, it allows opportunities like Travis Hunter going from Florida State and flipping that commitment and signing with Jackson State, but still don't need to put out the pails just yet for the powers that be in college football because the top 25 recruiting rankings yesterday, according to 24-7 sports and some of those composites, we did have a change up at the top, but you'll see a lot of familiar names up there. Texas A&M, the number one team with the best recruiting class in the country. Alabama, number two. Georgia, number three. Ohio State, four. Texas five, Penn State seven, Notre Dame or Penn State six, Notre Dame seven, North Carolina eight, Michigan nine, and then Oklahoma number 10. The same teams that we see year in and year out. The only difference being 
that Texas A&M earning that top spot, snapping an 11-year streak that either Alabama or Georgia had the best recruiting class in the country on a yearly basis. As we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here to the second hour of the morning after on this Thursday, you're listening on Sirius XM, Channel 159, the mightier 1090 out on the West Coast in all of our wonderful radio affiliates. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. We will talk about NFL week number 15 coming up that begins tonight on a Thursday. We will give you some more of the reaction from the big breaking news in the NFL this morning that Urban Meyer has been fired as the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. But right now, we are focusing on a huge day in the college football landscape yesterday, National Signing Day across the country. A huge flip, one of the biggest shockers we have seen on National Signing Day. Travis Hunter flipping from Florida State to FCS team Jackson State under head coach Deion Sanders, and then also talking about the powers that be in college football. And you don't need to feel bad for Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State or Texas or any of those teams up there. Clemson being 16th is rather interesting, especially where you see Indiana at number 20 following a two-win season. But you're still seeing Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Texas in the top five. The real changeup for the schools overall Texas A&M earning that top spot as the best recruiting class in the country for 2022, the first time in more than 11 years that it hasn't been Alabama or Georgia with the top spot in the recruiting recruiting class rankings by the time we get to the end of National Signing Day. The landscape of college football, as we know it, has certainly changed. With NIL, with the transfer portal rules, it doesn't just start and end on National Signing Day. You need to be recruiting at all times, and that includes recruiting the transfer portal. So much movement right now in college football. We can debate if we think that's a good or bad thing. In my opinion, I think it's good, and it's a long time coming. As Texas A&M head coach Jimbo Fisher said yesterday, listen, NIL has always been a thing. We just did it behind closed doors. So now it's out in the open, allowing these student-athletes to profit off their name, image, and likeness for a billion-dollar industry that is college sports. But again, when you look at the recruiting rankings, the number one team in the country with the best recruiting class, Texas A&M, Alabama number two, Georgia number three, Ohio State number four, and Texas number five. There's a reason that Alabama and Georgia are always in contention for a national championship in the college football playoff. And those two teams, along with Michigan and Cincinnati, will play in the college football playoff semifinals coming up here at the end of the month in December, New Year's Eve, December 31st. On the other side of the break, we go to college hoops. Stay with us on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the morning after on SportsGrid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, I am Ben Stevens. It is a week in college basketball that doesn't feature the most marquee of marquee matchups. We don't have top 25 tilts. We don't even have the greatest non-conference games right now. Teams are getting ready for their holiday break across campuses. They're slowing things down a little bit, giving their guys some rest, heading into finals. And then we'll get back to the action come around Christmas time into the new year as conference play will start rather soon we have some big east conference games on saturday and the saturday slate is absolutely tremendous but right now in the midweek not all that many great college basketball matchups but that does not mean that we cannot take this time 
to enlighten you on what you need to know about college hoops. It's our new segment we've been running for about two weeks now, The Zone. I am a man that loves The Zone. If you can see here over my head, right there, that's a landscape photo of the Carrier Dome, where I went to college, Syracuse University, obviously known for playing the 2-3 zone under longtime head coach Jim Beheim. But whether it's a 1-3-1, a 2-3, a 1-1-3, a full-court press, a box-and-one with trapping principles, whatever it might be, we enlighten you in the zone here. Trends you need to know for college basketball. There is a game tonight featuring the number two team in the country, the Duke Blue Devils, back in action, taking on Appalachian State. I say back in action because the Blue Devils, besides their game on Tuesday, Tuesday was the first time against South Carolina State that Duke could play a basketball game since the end of November. It was November 30th, a loss as the number one team in the country to Ohio State a couple of weeks off, back in action on Tuesday against South Carolina State, and then another game tonight against Appalachian State. Duke does have a game or did have a game scheduled against Cleveland State on Saturday. That game has now been canceled because of some COVID issues for Cleveland State. So the focus tonight on this Thursday, Duke against App State. The Blue Devils a 21.5-point favorite right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, the over-under total, 138.5. Duke was a 36-point favorite in their return to action on Tuesday evening against South Carolina State. They won that game by 41 points. So they did cover in their first game back, even as a 36-point favorite. They have been a double-digit favorite six times this year, only two covers in that span, including Tuesday tonight's game against South Carolina State. But they have gone over in three of their last four games. 138 and a half, not exactly the largest total that you'll see in college basketball. Pretty much right there in the middle of the pack. As we try to teach you about how you need to start college hoops handicapping as we really dive into the thick of college basketball, if you see totals in the low 130s or even the high 120s, that's a low total. Something in the mid 140s, generally pretty standard for college basketball. When you get to 155 and above, that is an anticipation of a high scoring affair in college hoops so 138 and a half tonight for app state and duke eh, pretty much right there in the middle of the pack so all of those overs that duke has played this year by the way three of their last four games were with a total booked at at least 151 points again at the high end of where things stand for college basketball appalachian state by the way been a dog five times this year never a double digit dog though and they've covered twice in those five games as an underdog so far this year. So Duke is the number two team in the country. Duke is the number seven team in the Ken Palm efficiency ratings. It is a down year so far for the ACC. Duke is really the headliner of the ACC right now. Outside of that, not as many great teams as we can expect on a yearly basis in the Atlantic Coast Conference. So as you look at those ACC title odds right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook, it kind of makes sense that Duke is an odds-on favorite right now at minus 110. You see North Carolina there at plus 600. Louisville, the third shortest odds at plus 800. Florida State, Virginia Tech, and then Syracuse rounding out the top six. So as you look at some of those odds, it makes sense. Duke's odds also to win the national championship, plus 850 right now, slightly longer than they were earlier this week by about a dollar on the FanDuel Sportsbook, but still the second shortest odds in the country only behind Gonzaga, who also had their odds get longer to win the Natty at plus 600. The ACC title race is going to be interesting. As I mentioned, Duke leading the way right now. Duke is the only team in the entire ACC to be ranked in this week's AP Top 25. You do not see that often in a great college basketball conference in the ACC. Duke is also the only team to be in the Top 25 
of the Ken Palm efficiency ratings. North Carolina is number 30, but that's really all they have in the top 30 right now in Kenneth Pomeroy's efficiency ratings, a great metric to use to know how good teams will be throughout this college hoop season. So the ACC slightly down right now, and that is something that we can put into context here for why Duke is in that minus money at minus 110 to win the ACC. But because Duke is minus money and because you see teams just right behind them with some pretty hefty plus money prices, the ACC is going to be up for grabs this year. Maybe you take a shot on a team like Louisville, who is off to a decent kind of start this year. Florida State maybe even there in the quadruple digits at 11 to 1. Dare I say... Syracuse Orange? No, not not really. It, as much as that pains me to say, Syracuse has been struggling as of late. They've lost their last two games against Old Big East foes, against Villanova last week inside the Garden, and then despite holding a double-digit lead at the halftime break in the nation's capital on Saturday against Georgetown, Syracuse lost that game outright. Anyway, we don't need to focus on Syracuse. We had a conversation yesterday about the SEC, because if the ACC one of the premier conferences in college basketball is down this year. Maybe there's some other conferences that are going to rise up. I think you could look at the SEC and certainly make that case. Duke is the only team from the ACC in the top 25. The SEC has six teams in the top tw- top 25 right now. And a lot of plus money prices around the board right now in this conference market in the SEC. Alabama, the favorites at plus 300. Alabama, the number six team in the country, although... They did fall to Memphis earlier this week as a a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road with the trappiest line in history. Then you see Kentucky, who has struggled here in the last two-and-a-half weeks or so at plus 320. Arkansas, the must-bus, continues to ride in Fayetteville, plus 550 right now. Auburn and Tennessee, both at plus 700. And then keep your eye on LSU at 10-to-1 right now. LSU is one of seven remaining undefeated teams in all of college basketball. LSU is a perfect 10-0. LSU is also 9-1 against the number, tied for the third-best record in all of college hoops right now, covering by an average margin of nearly 12 points per game. 11.8 points per game is what LSU is covering by right now. The Bayou Bengals have been profitable against the spread as well. And those six teams that you see at the top of the SEC marketplace right now, Alabama, Kentucky, Auburn, Arkansas, Tennessee, and LSU all ranked in the AP top 25. And then you throw in Florida, who was receiving votes, and those seven teams all in the Ken Palm top 35 at the moment as well. So this is going to be a competitive conference throughout the year in the Southeastern Conference right now. And keep an eye on teams like Auburn that have been off to a great start this year at plus 700. Tennessee was a team that a lot of people, including myself, on a whim Pick to make the Final Four. I think the Vols do have that kind of talent, although Tennessee did lose in the game before Syracuse and Villanova on this past Tuesday night at Madison Square Garden. But you can see that the SEC, with all those plus money prices, is going to be a competitive conference this year. Alabama has been a great team in college basketball over the last couple of years. We know the style that Nate Oates and the Tide want to play, up-tempo at all times, hoisting the three ball and playing really good lockdown defense. We are going to see a very similar style of play from the Razorbacks of Arkansas. And the must bus continues to churn. Kentucky is a team that as the year goes on and on, they get better and better as a young team tends to do under John Calipari. So all of these to know as we break down the trends in the zone here on the morning after it is our segment where we will give you what you need to know to become a more informed college basketball handicapper as we get into the thick of conference play 
the thick of this college basketball season. Only one great game tonight, Duke and App State. And again, the Blue Devils, a 21-and-a-half-point favorite. Obviously, Duke plays in the ACC. We'll have some ACC analysis from our good friend, Josh Graham, coming up in the third hour of this show, a very happy hour when Josh Graham joins us for an even more thorough breakdown about the ACC. Why is it having a down year? Are there teams that could shock us, that could cash a big plus money price? We'll find out with Josh Graham coming up in hour number three. Next, we flip our attention back to football. The NFL breakdown of week 15 is up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on Sports Grid Sirius XM, channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. And all across the Sports Grid Network, I'm your host, Ben Stevens. NFL week number 15 begins tonight on a Thursday. Chiefs, Chargers, Los Angeles, California, right now, Kansas City, a three point favorite. We will break down that game in full coming up here in just mere moments. FanDuel's Ryan Williams will join us for maybe a segment and a half to look at his NFL week number 15 winners and also give you a full, thorough breakdown of Thursday night football. Some news in the NFL, outside of Urban Meyer being fired by Jacksonville, outside of some of the COVID concerns around the league, but also just your general injury reports that we got for two very good starting quarterbacks in the AFC. We talked about Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, a 10.5-point favorite against Carolina earlier on in the show with Craig Mish. Josh Allen was in a boot following Sunday's game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He is listed as day-to-day, but he said yesterday that if he can play, he is going to do his most to be out there. The Buffalo Bills desperately need a win. The Baltimore Ravens in a little bit of a similar boat right now. That has not been a great stretch here for Baltimore over the last week and a half. And, of course, we saw Lamar Jackson be carted off the field against the Cleveland Browns this past Sunday in a game the Baltimore Ravens ended up losing by only two points covering as a two and a half point underdog but Lamar dealing with an injury to that right ankle as well his head coach John Harbaugh said yesterday Lamar is officially listed as day today Harbaugh said earlier in the week that he hoped and expected Lamar might be able to go as the injury did not seem as severe as it was on Sunday afternoon but right now day to day so what does that mean for the Ravens this week as they get ready to host the Green Bay Packers the Baltimore Ravens a four and a half point underdog at home in the Charm City against the Packers on Sunday. The over-under total for this game right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook at 43.5. Here's what's so interesting about this game. Green Bay opened up as a 6.5-point favorite on that early line Sunday night into Monday morning. Was that 6.5 and and those points baked in with the idea Lamar Jackson would not be able to go on Sunday against the Pack, or if so, be very limited in what Lamar Jackson is able to do because with an opening line at six and a half in Green Bay's favor, now to work in Baltimore's favor by two points already, that would almost be an indication that Lamar Jackson should be able to suit up on Sunday against the Green Bay Packers. And if Lamar can, then Baltimore is in a very good position as an underdog, as they have been really in the entirety of John Harbaugh's tenure, but especially this year, a perfect 3-0 and against the spread 
as an underdog, covering as a two-and-a-half-point underdog, losing by two points last week against Cleveland, but still a perfect 3-0 ATS when booked as a dog this year, winning outright in their first two games as an underdog this year. Baltimore has not been great as a favorite, but as an underdog, pretty profitable so far this year. The Green Bay Packers have been great, really, at all times this year against the number. Green Bay is an 11-2 against the spread this year. That is the best record against the number in the entirety of the NFL. And Green Bay has also gone over in three straight games. They had gone under in seven straight prior to that. The total has been bumped up by a point to 43.5. Baltimore had gone under in four straight games before and over this past week against the Cleveland Browns as well. So we will see where this line continues to move, and it will really focus around the quarterback availability of Lamar Jackson. One thing to know about Green Bay, the reason they have played such good football this year Outside of what Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones are doing offensively, the Green Bay Packers defensive unit has been fantastic. The seventh-best scoring defense in the NFL, only allowing 20.7 points per game to their opponents on an average game-by-game basis. And the ninth-best rushing defense in the NFL as well, only about 105 yards allowed per game. Baltimore still wants to run the football. We'll see what that offensive game plan looks like with Maybe Lamar Jackson, or even with Lamar Jackson, maybe slightly hobbled, not able to play the quarterback position as he does so brilliantly as he would want to on Sunday against the Green Bay Packers. But again, the line has worked in Baltimore's favor from an opener of six and a half points now to Baltimore as a four and a half point underdog. So that game will be one of the ones we need to pay attention to for NFL week number 15 on the Sunday slate. Baltimore still the favorites right now to win the AFC North, but in plus money at plus 135. They were minus money just last week at minus 150. The Green Bay Packers in firm control of the NFC North. So as we look around the NFL for week number 15, we need some expertise, not just from me, from me but from truly smart NFL handicappers. So who do we call on when we need that? FanDuel's Ryan Williams, who joins us here on the show on the morning after on this Thursday. Ready? For Ryan Williams, NFL week number 15 winners. We will get to Thursday night football coming up in our next segment. But Ryan, thank you for joining us here a little bit on the early side on TMA on this Thursday. Yeah, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me. You know, John hit me up this morning. Uh, it was a, it was a late night for me, kind of sweating some NBA. And then I'm looking at my Ooh. picks and John's like, can you can you come on early? I'm like, yeah, why not? More time with Vinny. So uh, I'm happy to be here, man. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm glad. Hopefully your NBA sweats were good sweats last night, and they led to what would hopefully be some more profits in your pocket before we head into this weekend in the NFL. And Ryan, you have a game listed on your board for this weekend that is very, very intriguing to me as well, especially where the line is right now. The Indianapolis Colts and the New England Patriots, the Saturday night nightcap of a doubleheader for week number 15 on a Saturday, the Colts, a two and a half point home favorite. Both of these teams fresh off a bye, Indianapolis and New England. The Pats, Ryan, have won seven straight games. They have covered in seven straight games. Why are they getting points here, even on the road against Indianapolis? Yeah, I, I really don't get it. And and maybe because it's the bye and, and the way that we've seen Indianapolis's D look uh, just, just in the past with Darius Leonard and these boys being able to contain. And maybe they're thinking that, you know, we just came up with a game where we saw that 
even, even though it was Buffalo, you know, Mac Jones, he only threw for three passes and they were able to run the ball. And that's not something you can do against Indy. So if Mac Jones is forced to throw, that could be where the plus money is coming from. But Belichick and Josh McDaniels have done such a great job with this team. You hit it on the head, Ben. Just the fact that they've been, you know, studs the past couple of weeks and seven straight, just being able to, you know, take whatever the opponent's giving them and really just move move and shift their offense around that they're so adaptable they've had a buy to kind of rest up and get planned for and this is one where you know we're looking at saturday night football and i just feel like this again is going to be the patriots you know do, handling their business and we have the indianapolis coast side of things uh where you got Carson Wentz, who's got to go against this vaunted defense. I can see mistakes being made on his end. Now, the one thing, Ben, I will say is that the Patriots' defense has been gashed against the run, and that was the one thing that Buffalo couldn't do. So any Jonathan Taylor props, uh, I'm definitely going to be looking at for Saturday's game because I think that that's their best way to try and, and get a lead here. But if the defense is able to get the Patriots' short fields and this kind of gets into a shootout, the Colts are in trouble. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, when you look at this spread, too, not only is it two and a half in favor of Indy right now, it opened in Indianapolis's favor and has moved more so in the favor of the Colts. It was at one and a half, now two and a half in Indy's favor on Saturday night. An intriguing line for a team for the Patriots that has been so good this year, even as an underdog, and have won seven straight games. Indianapolis, meanwhile, has won four of their last five games. They have covered in three of that five game span and ryan the highest or tied for the highest over percentage in all of the nfl 61.5 percent of indies games eight of the right. 13 the colts have played hitting the over and we have seen this total bump up by a point and a half for saturday night which is interesting when you see the patriots and our lasting memory of new england is a game that was <laughs> 14 to 10 where they threw the ball three times we'll see what the game plan looks like for bill belichick and the boys this upcoming saturday night against Indianapolis. Ryan, I love when we're in lockstep with each other here on the morning after on these Thursday shows. And you have a bet this weekend, or a lean at least this weekend, that I completely agree with. The Jacksonville Jaguars as the favorites against the Houston Texans. I am so confident that Jacksonville not only wins, but covers this number and possibly wins big over Houston, that I would even look to the Jags minus nine and a half as an alt spread at plus 180, Ryan. That's how much I have belief in Jacksonville this weekend from a guy that was fading urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars at all costs, the entire duration of the NFL season. Now I'm back in Jacksonville with that much luster as well. Why are you Ryan Williams? Yeah, well, I, you know, let's flash back to week one, Ben, when we saw, you know, Houston kind of come out of the gate and, and really make some noise here against Jacksonville. You know, I, listen, sh- shame, shame on me for, for coming on uh, TMA over the offseason and talking about I actually think that this Jacksonville Jaguars team could win uh, over uh, four games here with, with Urban Meyer at the helm. They just have been an absolute disaster. And one thing that we see, Ben, when, you know, the team is actually competing – which Jacksonville, you know, the players, to their credit, have gone out here. And, and I know that yeah. the, the game against Tennessee will look rough, that they got blown out. And, and uh, these previous games have looked rough. But, you know, these guys, they can play. You know, we get free James Robinson, free LaVisca Chanel, free Trevor Lawrence. Marvin Jones might even have himself a game. And, th- and this Houston team has shown us nothing where, you know, they can actually, 
you know, if, if things are just even across the board, that, they, they, you know, there's no way that they can stay in this game here with Davis Mills. So I absolutely love getting the Jacksonville Jaguars at this number. I think it's moved up to four and even some places I'm still willing to go that. And uh, you're looking at the Houston Texans, I believe, with a, uh, a three against the spread losing streak that they're looking at right now. So let's, let's go Jacksonville here to get right and, uh, you know, give them something to talk about down there. Absolutely so. I think this spread will move in Jacksonville's favor. It opened at three, and then before the Urban Meyer news, it became three and a half. I think it could get to four by the time we get to Sunday between the Jags and the Texans. Sorry about my smile again, but we all knew it wasn't (laughs) going to work out in Duval County for Urban Meyer and company. We go to the Thursday night football realm with Ryan Williams, who is staying with us for a second straight segment On the other side of the break, a dandy on TNF, the Chargers and Chiefs. We break down that game up next here on the morning app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Right back here on the morning after on Sports Grid Sirius XM, channel 159, and all across the Sports Grid Network, alongside Ryan Williams from FanDuel for a second straight segment. I am Ben Stevens. NFL week number 15 begins tonight out in the City of Angels between the Los Angeles Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs. A huge game, not only that we will enjoy on this Thursday night, but that will have an impact on the AFC playoff picture and especially the AFC West division as well. So, Ryan, as we look at this game, the Chiefs, a three-point road favorite. The over-under total has moved up by three points, even on a short week Thursday night football game, to 52 in a hook. From the overall perspective, Ryan, how do you break down the game tonight between the Chiefs and the Chargers? Yeah, so this is going to be an interesting one for me just because of the the ailments on the Chargers side. I think that, you know, they're dealing with injuries on, on the defense. I'm not sure. Uh, I didn't check again on Derwin James's status, but I know he had been up in the air um, pretty much all week coming into this game. They are getting Keenan Allen activated back off the off COVID. Um, but, you know, it, he's coming off of COVID, so we don't know how he's going to perform. And then Austin Eckler getting banged up in that week 14 matchup. Now, uh, Brandon Staley said he could have came back in the game if he needed to, but, you know, he's been dealing with, uh, you know, limited ability and practice and mobility here too. Then you got the Chiefs on the other side who, you know, last week I think was, you know, such an anomaly for people where you're looking at Patrick Mahomes, you know, really taking advantage without Tyreek Hill and Kelsey being involved. I think that absolutely flips on its head uh, 100%. Uh, tonight. I think Till's going to have a great game. Love Kelsey in this matchup if Derwin James isn't out there to be covered against the middle. And Patrick Mahomes, you know, they're they're really trying to get their feet set here as they head into the playoffs. And the Chargers have gotten, you know, two games against them uh, in the past two regular seasons uh, game matchups. So uh, I definitely look for Casey to get up for this game. Yeah, I think the Chiefs would want to avoid a season sweep, certainly, and that would help them in the AFC West because right now the Chargers just one game behind of Kansas City. KC 9-4, and four, Chargers 8-5, and five, 
gunning for that top spot. A season sweep certainly complicates the matters for both of these teams from the KC perspective, especially heading here down the stretch, the final three games of this NFL regular season after tonight on Thursday night. So, Ryan, as you well know, and everybody that follows the NFL knows by now, the six-game winning streak for Kansas City hasn't necessarily been the potent offense of the Chiefs, but really the defense stepping up. So when you look in the prop market, do you think a guy like Patrick Mahomes can get it back and running in a prolific way tonight? And if so, where do you think Patrick has the most profitability in the prop market? Let's just go with his passing touchdowns, man. Uh, over two and a half there. We're getting plus money on that at plus 168. Absolutely love that number. Um, the Chargers, you know, for all their for all their uh, issues that they could have on defense, you know, we, we can run the ball against this team. Uh, but when we get into the red zone, we see that Patrick Mahomes, you know, and, and Andy Reid, these guys love to get creative, similar to what, you know, Tom Brady does, Josh Allen, uh, now offense does. They love just coming up with creative ways to throw the ball into the end zone. Uh, so love that they are, if they're getting into the red zone there. Um, this is not a team that's going to rely on, you know, Edwards Alaire and, and Daryl Williams to kind of take the bill. It's going to be the Patrick Mahomes show, I believe, on this road matchup. And he has pretty decent numbers. But even, the, you know, one of his wide receivers, his explosive wide receivers, has incredible road splits uh, to go along with that. So I think we should see fireworks from the Kansas City side. And anytime we get plus money on Patrick Mahomes, we got to take that. Plus 168 of plus money for Patrick right. to bounce back. And when you see a 52 and a half point total, it would allow us at least to correlate the market and think we are going to see points tonight on this Thursday. Ryan, you mentioned one of those very explosive wide receiver options for Patrick in the Chiefs offense. Is it Tyreek Hill? And where do you think his profitability lies in the prop market tonight? Yeah, let's let's go with Tyreek Hill over 79 and a half receiving yards. Um, this has been a tough number for him to to hit as of late. Um, I get that, but he has such explosive uh, explosive ability to get behind on a defense. And he has, you know, really, you know, hit this number on the road more often than not uh, during the during the season already. So when I'm looking at his home road splits for his career, his explosive games have absolutely come on the road, um, especially in divisional matchups. And we get one here against the Chargers. So I look for Tyreek Hill to really get going. And you're looking at the target share that that him and, and Travis Kelsey both have, you know, compared to the guys like Demarcus Robinson, Miko Hardman, Byron Pringle, and others, that, including the running backs. And it's it's just nowhere near the same. I mean, these guys are at a 30% clip nearly, um, and the other guys are just floating, you know, in the teens, if that. So uh, love Tyreek Hill's props tonight over, over 79 and a half. We see a very heavy Chiefs card for the FanDuel Ryan Williams right now, breaking <laughs> yep. this game down for us here on the morning after. The final one there, Ryan, Daryl Williams rushing and receiving yards. Why do you think he's a good candidate to go over that number tonight? Yeah, well, the number is at 33 and a half, uh, Ben, and I couldn't believe it. You know, you're looking at even, you know, 114 uh, on the juice, and that it's just still way too low. This guy has, even with Clyde Edwards Alaire being back and healthy in the past two games, he's absolutely smashed this number of over 33 and a half. He's actually passed this number in receiving alone uh, in, in two of the past three games already. So, and then you're looking at the ability to just, they, they love getting this guy involved. I mean, he's not just a change of, change of pace back. He, this, this is a two-headed backfield. 
Um, we haven't seen, you know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire kind of take over like we expect. And even in his absence, Daryl Williams has been absolutely phenomenal. I feel like Patrick Mahomes feels like he can rely on him on those short dump-offs when things aren't available uh, down the middle. So love getting a ton of props on Daryl Williams, but especially at this number with both of the rushing and receiving being involved. Uh, I just, you know, I think it's a no-brainer tonight. A ton of Kansas City Chiefs plays for Ryan Williams on this Thursday night. Again, the Chiefs a three-point favorite on the road against the Chargers. The over-under total, 52.5. It begins week 15 of the NFL season. Ryan, the final month of this regular season across the league. As you look to some of those other week 15 games, let's dive in to those early leans for Sunday's action, including the Rams and the Seahawks in NFC West Divisional Tilt. The Rams dealing with some COVID issues this week. One of the seven teams in the league's enhanced protocols shutting down their team facility just a couple of days ago. Ryan, in this matchup against the Seahawks, the Rams a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Which side do you think is the better side to jump on right now? Yeah, so I, I think it's just the Rams side. I mean, we're, we're seeing them hit hit their stride here. I mean, Cooper Cup is pretty much, well, I shouldn't say that yeah. because Jonathan Taylor's been great just coming off a of bye. But, you know, offensive player of the year contention for Cooper Cup. I mean, Matthew Stafford, I think, with that big win uh, again on Monday night against Arizona, puts himself back into the MVP conversation race. And then Seattle, you know, for, for everything that they were able to do last week and, and finally get going, this team has just not looked look the same. And then you're looking at a divisional matchup here where they have not had success against this team. Uh, they're 3-8 and eight on the road against this team since uh, 2010. Mm. And, and the Rams have actually won six of the last eight matchups against this uh, Seattle team. So we know that, you know, when they don't have 12, behind them it is tough sledding for for seattle just in general and then we're looking at the rams who you know really probably should be closer to to six point favorites closer to that touchdown mark there but just getting four and a half on them i think i, lo I love getting that bet at home another huge game for the rams in that nfc west divisional market and the standings overall if the rams can continue to play some wins they will put some heat on the cardinals for the top spot in the NFC West, which is going to be so interesting to watch the battle for the wild card race in the NFC as well. The Seahawks have won two straight. They have covered in two straight, but still only four and six ATS in games that Russell Wilson has started this year for Seattle under center. So a couple of favorites on Ryan Williams's card for week number 15. But as we look to some underdogs, Ryan, a game we were previewing right as you signed on with us here on the morning after on this Thursday Baltimore as a four-and-a-half-point underdog currently against the Green Bay Packers. The line has moved in Baltimore's favor, but it will really depend on if Lamar Jackson is fully ready to go this Sunday against Green Bay. How do you approach this matchup between the Ravens and the Packers? Yeah, well, you know, you hit it on the head, Ben. It all depends on where, you know, what Lamar Jackson's status is going to be. Because if it's if it's Huntley running out there, then you take all the all the Packers money that you can get and, you know, take that to the bank. But, uh, you know, Baltimore, with, with Lamar Jackson, you know, and I think that they're going to roll him out there. I mean, it's really coming down to crunch time. Like you said, we're in the last month. Uh, huge playoff implication, implications here. The AFC North is an incredibly 
close division as it stands. And so you're looking at this. They actually have had some success um, in the all-time matchup against the Green Bay Packers. And these two teams have been explosive offensively if we can get Lamar Jackson healthy. Whereas if it's turning, you know, kind of into a shootout or even if Green Bay comes up, that's really what you want, right? You take the Ravens, you want the opposing team to go up early because Lamar Jackson finds his way to get this team, you know, into contention and possibly win games uh, as they get into the fourth quarter into overtime. So it it really comes down to a number that I'm just going to get right now in in hopes that Lamar Jackson uh, does end up suiting up on Sunday. Um, and because that line will shift a, a little, a little bit more in Green Bay's favor, um, if he were if he were to suit up. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. And Lamar playing from behind has been very, very good this year. We saw that last week, even with Tyler Huntley in the Ravens, who have been very good as an underdog in John Harbaugh's tenure, a perfect three and ATS this year as an underdog. And you look at that total, forty three and a half. It has come up already by one point from an opening line of forty two and a hook. Now Green Bay has played three straight overs. Baltimore went over last week prior four straight unders. But if you look at that on paper, the Ravens and the Packers with an over-under total 43.5, it would seem right. like an over is going to be on in play in Baltimore on Sunday afternoon. So the last game that we will touch on here with Ryan Williams, Sunday night football, an NFC South showdown between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints. Ryan, Tampa at home this year, a perfect 6-0 Five and one against the spread, and now a 10 and a half point favorite against New Orleans at home. Tampa has struggled with the Saints the last couple of years with Tom Brady as the quarterback. Will we see the same thing play out on Sunday night, Ryan? Yeah, I, you know, it's tough to bet against Brady, man. This guy has just been, you know, just been so stellar. But when you look at, you know, you start to look at the, the slates, you start to look at the history and you look at what the Saints and, and that defense has been able to do. Uh, Dennis Allen, the defensive coordinator there, has been able to do against against Tom Brady. And, and you love what you're seeing. Now, they, they have been dealing with some kind of injury issues on the Saints end, but I think they're going to get back, you know, healthy offensive line with Ramchek being back. Camp Jordan should be back for this game and even possibly Mark Ingram there being activated off the COVID list. So definitely getting healthy on both sides of the ball. Uh, but they have won six straight, I believe, against this Tampa Bay team. And then you're looking at against the spread. Uh, the Saints are three and one against the spread in outright in four matches against Tom Brady, which is absolutely stellar to think about when you're looking at the past quarterback, uh, potentially being Jameis Winston, who won against them this year, uh, Drew Brees, who was in his final year, and then uh, Taysom Hill. We'll see what he can do uh, on Sunday. But I definitely, you know, 10 and a half for the number there. I, I, I love getting that with the hook. Um, let's ride with the Saints. It's interesting to see the Bucks will now be a double-digit favorite if this line holds for the seventh time this year. In the six previous games, Tampa has been a double-digit favorite. They have covered in five of those. So we will see how that plays <laughs> out on Sunday night between New Orleans and Tampa Bay. Ryan Williams from FanDuel breaking it down with us as he does every Thursday. Looking forward to the week in the NFL. Ryan, thank you so much. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me, Ben. Take, catch you next time. Of course. Yeah, we'll talk very, very soon. More of the morning after, up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Closing out our number two of the morning after on this Thursday, right here on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens, but I am just one part of this wonderful morning team here on Sports Grid. All across the grid, we have wonderful people helping us out each and every day. A time to shout out our graphics producer, Jesse Metzger, our regular producer, John Shames, our associate producer, Jack Weinberger, and of course, our executive producer, Alex Fasano. Let's not forget our intern, Andrew Bacigalupo. Teaser alert, Bacci might have hit the streets this week. But as I was mentioning, our executive producer, Alex Fasano, here on a Thursday with Fasano's fun fact of the day. Alex, how you doing? I'm doing great, Ben. Good to see you. Looking good over there uh, on the streets of New York City. Teaser. We'll, we'll get to that tomorrow. But today we're doing our fun fact. We're focusing on the Tennessee Titans because head coach Mike Vrabel improved to 2-5 and five against rookie quarterbacks. Both of those wins come against Trevor Lawrence for the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. Now, I say this because it's I have to bring this question to you specifically, Ben. Now, this year... Oh. The defense played well against the Titans, against the Jaguars last week, 20 to nothing. There was a shutout, four turnovers. It was great. But before that week, the last two weeks, the Titans are only scoring 13 points a game. Now, two of those five rookie quarterbacks that Vrabel has lost to was Mac Jones of the Patriots uh, two weeks ago and the Jets quarterback Zach Wilson earlier in the season. That game, Tannehill played well. But they also had Derrick Henry, who rushed for over 100 yards. Now, I mentioned Tannehill because I bring up Ryan Tannehill here. Look at the numbers. 14 passing touchdowns, 13 interceptions, just under 3,000 yards so far this season. Is it really Mike Vrabel that we have to be concerned about losing to rookie quarterbacks? Or is it the play of Ryan Tannehill as the playoff race starts to heat up? I mean, forget about the rookie quarterbacks. The Titans need to make a move here if they really want to go far in the playoffs. Oh, that's a very, very good point. Could the Tennessee Titans, Alex Fasano, see the New England Patriots one more time in the AFC postseason? Could we put these trends into play? That's why Fasano's fun fact is super fun and hopefully profitable for you as well. Happy hour, hour number three in the morning after, coming up next. Dispensing little pearls of sports strategy wisdom like gumballs from the machine where your dad used to take you for a haircut when you were a kid. <laughs> oh. 